Hello. Welcome to the first official episode of the podcast, Everything's Relative. My name is Eve Sturgis, and I'm your host, trying to start a conversation with people about the way that DNA testing has rocked their world. Um, It seems fair to start with my own story, and I should say that I actually didn't do a DNA test um, until I got the weirdest phone call of my life about a year ago. A man I'd never heard of seemed to know an awful lot about my parents and a lot about my life, and he said that he thought he was my actual dad. And so we did a DNA test, and he was correct. And in a lot of ways, it turned my whole world upside down, as you can probably imagine. But one of the great things that I've discovered in the past year is how many people are also going through this with their own families. And it's so much because of mail-order DNA tests and how popular they've become. So that's what this podcast is. I'm just trying to talk to people and find out what it's like for them, what they want to say about it, um... And we're finding ways to relate and also finding ways that our stories are all very, very different. So it's been really fun. And I think that it's not only enjoyable, but it's also really good information for people to have. And um, I think that probably by now it's obvious that this is my first podcast. Um, It feels like podcasts are always a really great idea until you're all alone in a room trying to talk. And um, so please bear with me. As I uh, figure this out, figure out what I'm doing and um, iron out the kinks and get more and more comfortable with the microphone. Thanks so much. Um, We're going to get started. I'm going to play this interview that I I had with a man a couple weeks ago. Uh, Really great. And what I want to say is something that's going to come up again and again is that this man wanted to stay anonymous. He really felt like it was important to tell his story for himself, but he wants to keep it anonymous for some other people. And that is one of the reasons that this situation is so difficult for people is there's so much expectation around secrecy. And um, to be honest, there are people in my life that don't want me to tell this story or or are really uncomfortable with this podcast. Um, And I totally understand. I totally understand all points of view. Um, But here I am. This feels important. So here I am doing it. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and get the tape rolling. This is Everything's Relative. This is episode one. And I am Eve Sturgis. Okay, so let's go back because you're starting to tell me everything. Let's start with 2013 when you said, hey, let's take this. Let's do this Ancestry.com thing or or whatever. So... Right. I, I ordered the kit online and uh, it was mailed to me <laughs> and nothing in particular struck me as being odd. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it connected me to cousins that I knew already. Oh, great. And family uh-huh. that had already done it. So I Which felt, is how it's supposed to work. Right. right. <laughs> and I think for the most part, I was only expecting to get new information where my genetics were concerned as far as what, you know, ethnic backgrounds mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so I was a little surprised with one of the ethnicities that came back, um, being that I've always been raised thinking that I was totally Mexican-American and there was no other real 
curiosity, maybe just a little bit of Asian because it was rumored that there was Asian in my background. That was before already. Was you before, already knew there may be a little bit of Asian. Right. But mostly I was expecting it was like that to come up. Mexican-American pride. But yeah, definitely. Okay. And then when I saw like 20 something percent of Middle Eastern, Whoa, that kind of yeah. yeah took me aback. And then when I told my mom, she was like, no way. Nope. We're not Middle Eastern. Like she totally... Right. Not, yeah, there's no not space for it there's all. no space for Middle Eastern in a Mexican American right, family. Right. <laughs> right. She didn't see it at all. So that's so interesting. And at this point, what was your relationship like with your mom? Well, my mom and I had an interesting relationship because she didn't raise me right. my whole life. So right now I would say at that time we mm-hmm. were in a great place, okay. I thought. Okay. Because um I had moved back home. Mm-hmm. And because she had you know, I had only lived with her maybe three years that I remember, mm-hmm. like during, you know, my seventh childhood yeah yeah, childhood that um i felt like it was kind of rebalancing the scale Mm -hmm. between us Mm -hmm. and we were creating it was it was kind of like mending those wounds for me i felt from childhood that you know she had raised me and she hadn't raised me for part of the time but now it was like we were back in this you know environment together and working things out totally well i can imagine how especially like as an adult going back to live with a mom with your mom as an adult right. would be an opportunity. You yes. would imagine would be would be an opportunity to maybe mend some things or get to know each other in a different way. Yes. Um, so you were feeling hopeful. Yes, I was. And it, it was going well. Mm-hmm. It was going really well. Um, and then I want to say maybe December of 2016, I received a notice from my Ancestry.com oh. account. And they told me that there was a new person. And when I looked up at the list, she rose above like so many of my cousins. And she was right under my uncle that raised me. And um, it just was like really striking because the name didn't ring any bells mm-hmm. with me. So the I'm sorry to interrupt. So the um, so the aunt and uncle that raised you were from your mom's side of the family? The uncle is my mom's brother. Got it. Okay, right. continue, continue. Right. Sorry, there's always like all these complicated <laughs> details we right. have to clarify. Okay. So my, uh, my first instinct was looking, you know, at the last name, which I have a, an uncle. I don't even consider him a step-uncle. He is my mom's brother, but he, he technically would be a, a half. Okay. So uh, it was the same last name, but um, in asking around the family, there was no person by this name. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I should say her name. Mm-hmm. But, okay. You can call. You can make up a name. <laughs> okay. So. Um, Katie. I gotta think Esmeralda. Esmeralda. <laughs> Finkenstein. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there was no name. And I ran it by, we have a couple of subgroups, I guess, in Facebook, mm-hmm. cousins and whatnot. And nobody claimed her. Everyone was like, we don't know. We don't know her. And nobody, it just seemed like nobody was answering. And I thought, okay, maybe this girl doesn't know who she is. And I felt so sorry for her. Oh, no. She's like this orphan. She's this orphan. Or maybe she was, uh, you know, all these different ideas and fantasies were running through my head. And then I thought, well, because my birth certificate dad came from a really big family. Mm-hmm. He was one of 17. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh so my I gosh. just thought, okay. okay, I know I have nine aunts mm-hmm. and, you know, like, I guess six uncles and maybe one of my uncles had a one-night stand or who knows. Right. Anything's possible in that family. Right. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So I kind of left it alone for a while, and but it kept bothering me. And I emailed her 
a few times, maybe like five or six, <laughs> over the course of a year. <laughs> you were emailing yeah. Esmeralda? Esmeralda. Okay. Yeah, we'll say Esmeralda. And she wouldn't reply. And I thought, why would you even sign up for a system that's going to connect you with people that are your relatives? And we're very closely related. Yeah. It's saying maybe first cousins, maybe, you know, it just didn't make sense to me. So I took some time off. I did mention it to my mom. And and this was something that had been brought up in conversation throughout my life where I had asked, you know, having an uncle who said that I might not be the same. Uh, right. So you had an uncle. So um, what you and I talked about before we started mm-hmm. recording was that you had an uncle that would occasionally drop sort of passive aggressive comments right. about how maybe exactly. you and your brother didn't have the same dad. Yes. yes. And... I was the milkman's yeah. son. Yeah, he would make I was little, the yeah, son. little jokes. I was this okay. guy could have been my father down the street. That was the joke. Right. So you already had that idea in your mind. Right. So now you've got um, a strange ancestry.com results. Mm. And now the second level is that this Esmeralda has shown up. Yes. So you so when you talked to your mom, you had all these ideas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when I asked my mom about it, she said, Well, what would you tell the Esmeralda's family or not Esmeralda's family, but the, the family that I grew up with as thinking that they were my biological mm-hmm. father. And I said, well, I just kind of reacted slowly. And I said, I wouldn't tell them anything because I, I don't want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And they've grown up with me most of, you know, my whole life mm-hmm. thinking I'm their nephew and their right. cousins and their... And I, I just don't want to hurt anybody, but I do want to know the truth right. for so, myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. Um this is because I'm just trying to catch everybody up. So no, it's not confusing. It's just, um, these things are so layered. And, uh, so your birth certificate father, he died when you were young, you were eight years old, old. but his family stayed a big part of your life. Not so much a big part, but they were, they were there. They were there and you were were their nephew. And I was their nephew. So you have, you have a relationship with them. I do have a relationship with them. I would only see them maybe once or twice a year because, Like I said, my uncle had taken legal custody of me. Right, and from then a younger had, age. you were moving. You would move to other states, and with I had them moved and, around. Yeah, okay. out of state. Okay, sorry. Continue. So, um, but the biggest thing was that the first time in my life that my mother actually sounded like there could be a possibility mm-hmm. that this that my brother and I could have different fathers, and that's what really blew my mind because. I had asked her many times before in the past, and she always contended with the same thing, that she knew when I was conceived, she knew where, you know, that she was married, <laughs> She, the whole right. thing. And how it, many years apart are you and your brother? Five years. Okay. Yeah. And did he go live with your aunt and uncle when no, you were little? No, no. Just you. They, okay. Yeah, just me. All right. Right. And that was always a question in my mind, too. You know, why didn't they mm-hmm. take him? Um, he was a little bit older. Um probably would have had a harder time with accepting them as parental Adjusting. figures. Would Adjusting. Be a, might it be a much more memorable so. transition so, for him. Because sure. he was already too attached to my mom, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was, they said I would go with anybody. Like I, everybody watched me. No, I didn't give anybody any problems. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So then okay, I waited. So now you're asking your mom again and she's saying, she's acting she's like saying there like, could be a possibility. Well, and, ooh. Yeah. She okay. waffled a little. And so I think I wrote Esmeralda again and asked her, you know, about 
our situation and she never replied to me via ancestry.com so i thought it's been a while i think i need to step up the process here and find out what's going on because it just felt urgent to me hmm. it, it, it was it was bothering me it was sitting on my like my chest my you know my my shoulder and i just wouldn't go away and so i thought about it and i th- i asked my brother if he would do the test because i thought this is the one person that i could ask and if it doesn't match then it'll it should make sense right that answers that right so i bought it for him i mailed you know they mailed it to him he did it um even though he thought he thinks the whole thing is bs according to him okay he didn't feel like it was even worth doing okay but but he you know he went ahead and did it and um the results came back and i remember it so clearly because i was at work when i got the email that um his results were in and i went into the account and i was able to view our relationship and all of our matches and we had cousins like i said that were already on there who of course we matched with and then here's esmeralda she doesn't match with him but she's still but she's matching with me so i thought okay how is that even possible if she doesn't match with him then something is up here we we Mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem possible. Then we, we have to have different siblings or different fathers. It just, you right. know. And did it, it didn't say within the Ancestry.com what the relationship is between you and your brother? Did it say half-brothers or no, it just fact, connected you? No, in fact, it just kind of said like close relationship. Okay. okay. Yeah. For a few of my family members, it's come up like that. With my uncle that raised me, it says close relationship. So it doesn't say uncle. It doesn't say, like I think with Esmeralda, it said another like close relationship right okay yeah it didn't it didn't go into well, each each program each company seems to have like a little bit of a different system right. so and, and i'm not totally familiar with them by heart yet so i feel like i need to look at it to <laughs> to verify <laughs> sure, because it it's bothering me now mm-hmm. to say exactly this was exactly what it said but um so yeah so then of course my mom texts me and i said uh the results are in and she says, well, is she on your brother's list? And I said, no. And I think I said, is there something you want to tell me? In text message. Mm-hmm. You know, this is mm-hmm. all kind of easier mm-hmm. done in text message. And then she said, hold on a second. And then maybe 10 minutes later, she replied. It was like waiting. The longest, <laughs> the longest 10 minutes, 10 minutes of, your of life. my life. And she says, there was somebody else. And she said that she had an affair while she was married to my, who I thought was my dad. And she said that um, she had never talked about it. And she told me the whole thing, you know, and, I, and I, I asked her to tell me everything she remembered about him because I wanted to find him. And I needed to, I needed to find him. I needed to see him. I needed to talk to him. I needed to know. And so you so, knew already that you wanted that. You, I knew, you knew that. Immediately, you even sound so sure right now. I was so sure, so sure that I had to meet him. Because this is my father. Mm-hmm. Unless there was some kind of situation where she said she was raped or it was an unwilling kind of thing. But no, she was willing in, the, <laughs> in this. So I, I felt like I need to talk to this guy. I need to find out who he is. And so she gave me the information, his name, um, that he, where he went to high school and when he graduated 
and that he was in the she gave him some real specifics like he was in the other than his name that he was in the air force so she knew she him. knew a lot of yeah there was a lot of information there and so i it was bugging me all day at work when i got home i immediately went on facebook and i started looking around searching and then i found out that there was an alumni from his high school started going through a list of people brilliant brilliant yeah looking like around. nancy drew right my own nancy drew so then my um, my uh, next thought was after looking through the alumni, um, she had the wrong name, first of all. She had this last name wrong. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, it's been 49 years, so I'll give her that. You know, it was close. It started with the right first letter, but it was a little off. And um, so I found him, and he had a Facebook page. And as I looked at the page, I saw that he had he died. He was deceased. So I was a little heartbroken at that time to find out that here is my search and here he is. He's no longer here. And the next thing I thought was, well, you know, the person that I was looking for, this Esmeralda, is she tied to him or what's the deal? So I went through his friends list (laughs) and I noticed that he had a, well, I saw that he had a daughter who who said something about my father passing away and and uh, being really sad and and then i said okay so i possibly have a half sister here and then i went through the friends list and there's esmeralda and i thought oh my gosh i just solved the whole mystery like in a half a day right and found my family World Wide web right and then i told my mom i said i found him um but he's dead he's deceased and she said no way he was just here like Two years ago. Way, way, way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm Hold like. Hold up, mom. Yeah. What do you mean he was here two years ago? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And she said, yeah, he stopped by the house. And she said she didn't recognize him because it had been so long. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that. Right. And I remember her saying she had, he had a little girl in the car, um, which ended up being his granddaughter. And um, that he was talking to her and she was just. Kind of answering his questions, but still racking her brain, trying to remember where she knew him from. She thought he could have been one of her friends from high school, one of my brother, one of my uncle's friends. She didn't. She didn't know. And then, oh my gosh, yeah. So then they had a short, I think, awkward conversation. And then he walked away. He said bye. And as he was walking away, he turned back and he said, "By the way, how's?" Whoa. Yeah, that's when she realized. Oh my gosh, this is father, oh. or who could have father. right. So then she explained to me she never knew. She wasn't sure. She always thought that, you know. Almost scary. Right, right, right. So all this information started trickling in. And I remember, you know, asking my mom when I was little, before when I had heard that there was a possibility. And she had told me, you were conceived on Valentine's Day. And so I'm counting the months. I'm like, okay, yeah, my birthday is nine months after Valentine's Day. That makes sense. But she didn't tell me with who, and but but maybe she just like she says she she wasn't sure, and she just accepted that she, rather than rock her world, I guess she just stuck with the, the husband she was with, but she says that there's, he yeah there's certainly a path of less resistance in right. that circumstance and he never questioned, um, and she said that my bio dad, this new guy always contended that he was my father. 
he always felt like he was my dad. So she knew. So he knew about you. He knew and about she me. Knew she was still in communication with right. him after your birth. Yes. Oh, but wow. I didn't know all this yet. It wasn't until the next day. So so I I said I want to go visit this sister. I want to I want to go talk to her. Mm-hmm. I want to know what she knows. And so my mom was like, okay, well I'm coming with you. So it turns out he only lived about two miles from me. Oh my! Heartbreaking, God. heartbreaking. This gets. And yeah. to find out that one of the schools that I went to in like my junior high school. The private Christian school was down the street from him. Oh. So it really made me feel like he was so close, but yet so, so close, far. but so far away. Right. Yeah. So we show up at the house, and it's this whole thing because his house, it's like two houses on a lot, but each one of them is facing a different like direction on each different street. Sure. So we realized that he's his house is hard to get to, and um yeah, so... Do they know you're coming? No. Why would I tell them I'm coming? I felt... My thing is, like, I want you to tell me... Because I did email her on Facebook. She didn't reply back. But it had only been, like, 12 hours. Right. Since, you know... Or twenty about 24 hours. And so I just thought, I'm more of a in-your-face person. Like, I want to know face-to-face. Do you want to have a relationship with me? Do you want to talk honestly with me? Or look at what I was dealing with Esmeralda. Six months, uh, and she still hadn't replied via email and I just couldn't accept that that was not going to be my ending where I have a question mark so I your um, own story is very important to you yeah I want to know whether it's good bad or ugly I want to know I feel I was deserved you know I deserve that to know so I went around to the next street where my sister's house was and I remember it like she was outside throwing away some trash and I asked for her by name, and she said, that's me. And then I said, I just started kind of running my mouth, like, well, I did this ancestry test, and, you know, I think we're related, and Esmeralda's on the list, too, and I just don't know what to do, and I emailed her, and and finally she stopped me, and she said, who are you? <laughs> and your mom is standing there, my too? Mom's, my mom was in the car. She said she would wait in the oh, car okay. this time, yeah. So then... Um, I said, my name is, and then she said, I know who you are. And I saw her whole face just changed. And she said, dad talked about you. Oh, wow. And he told me one day you might come looking for him. So I just couldn't believe that he knew about me because I didn't know about him. I didn't know for sure. And had I known for sure, you know, I probably would have tried to find him. I would have wanted to meet him from a younger age. I didn't understand why is this happening to me now? You know, I'm like 40, I was 47 at the time and he's gone and it just hurt me. It hurt my soul to know that I'm never going to meet this man. It must have felt so unfair. It was, it was. And um, we talked for about an hour, like maybe 30 minutes, 40, I mean, it just seemed like forever. And then I said, I should go get my mom. She's still sitting in the car. So I walked her over, and then that's when my mom said that she knew she had made a mistake. And then just to see her face, you know, you never want to see your parent in pain like that. And and I just had to tell her it's okay. I had to forgive her. And even though I said the words, it's okay, I forgive you, I'm still working on it. Oh, sure. It's not... 
I mean, I wished it would be something that could just happen automatically. But I have good days and I have bad days. Mm -hmm. And there are some days where I wish that I had been told a lot earlier just to have that opportunity. And I don't want to be one of those people that just, you know, sits around and cries and feels like a victim because I do want to look at what I do have. And I was thankful and very grateful that my sister was open to receiving me. And I told her right away, it's not anything about like material things or monetary value. I said, I just want to know who he was, what kind of man he was. Tell me stories about him. And that's exactly what she's done. Um, we've known each other for, it'll be a year in May. And we spend a lot of time together. Um, and we've gone to the cemetery together. And in fact, last Saturday was his birthday. So we went to visit him together. So it's just been really tough. As excited as I was to hear about it, it just... It was just as sad to hear about it because I think the biggest thing is, you know, just the fact that, like I said, he's not here. I can't hug him. I can't talk to him. I can't look at him. I've looked at photos and I can see in the photos where we resemble each other. And I hear the stories from my sister and her kids about certain things that I've done or certain pictures where I look just like him. But for me, it's just, there's that, that, just that piece where it's like, I'm not going to meet him until I pass away and I'm not ready to pass away. I want to enjoy, you know, the rest of my life, but, but I am looking forward to the day that I do meet him. Cause I think that all of my questions will be answered when I, when I finally meet him. So it's been a journey. Such a journey. And yeah. I can't help but think that. And I, I mean, I think you know this, but of course, there's two things that come up for me about what the little I know about you. And one is that you had um, a childhood where you were kind of moved around a little bit mm -hmm. and you, you had this idea, subtextual idea that maybe you weren't wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and then you lost your father. So there's an expectation of how you're supposed to feel about that from inside yourself and then from outside. Mm -hmm. um, and then to learn that this man was so close and and may have may have offered things that you felt like you were missing yeah. right so that is all one level of heartbreak and then the second thing i know is that you work for child protective services yes. and and so you what you must and i don't even know what you do in that mm -hmm. <laughs> um a lot of paperwork yeah yeah no yeah. i mean i can only imagine my my minimal experience with that mm -hmm. is so um, administrative but it's like administrative and mundane and so heartbreaking and stressful um, and so much pressure and so you deal whether or not you are dealing directly with families your life your livelihood is about children connecting or not connecting with the appropriate or inappropriate parents um, yeah it was very so I feel like you must have just been I was torn I was torn apart. Yeah, yeah. Last I feel summer, like your brain must have just was turned inside right out. Me. Yeah. Yeah, I had to take some time off. And um, I knew that I couldn't stay there. And uh, I transferred. Now I'm in adoptions. So I'm hoping that this is an area that a little bit happier, a little bit more of a upbeat kind of um, situation. The end goal is more celebratory. Yes. Yeah. 
it's it's just been um a journey um in itself and i had to find something that worked for me so it sounds like you're still finding it i am i'm still on that path yeah i'm still on that path um because i feel like my career is just starting and i've only been there two years and i'm going to be growing and moving up hopefully promoting um eventually so well and you're now a new person than you were two years ago because this whole thing is turned inside out right right yeah if anything i think i've learned not to be so judgmental like mm, I, yeah I, I think i have to look at my i it definitely made me look at my mom in a different way totally i think but i yeah i think some of this makes us see our parents in a way that like people. no one as people <laughs> but also at a level that we're not supposed to right, like it's right. just a, it's so humbling and i don't think i ever did that before even when i knew that my mom gave me away to my uncle for a good reason i felt like she would. She had my best interest at heart. How old was she when she? She was. Tw- you were born. Well, I'm the second born, so she had my brother at twenty. I think I was twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, young. She was it doesn't, young. It doesn't always matter, but she was young. But just some of the choices of- she's made in her life, I really question. Like it just knowing her, it just doesn't seem like she would make those kind of decisions choices being with certain marrying certain people and but I can't judge her and I think you know that's who she is and that's what she chose so it did is, she talk did she talk about the affair at all and what what that was about yeah. or how long it went or what he offered her that um well, her husband wasn't when we able sat to down provide? to tell my brother the story because we had you know my brother already like I said he took the exam the 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 kit the test and send it back and then um i didn't say anything to him for about a month and then my mom said we gotta tell him at first she didn't want to say anything to him then she said no i think we need to tell him and he had not been logging on he and doing any sort of he research at all i don't okay. think he cared yeah because he did i don't think he even went on it's like my little brother and his right. whims okay right. this weird project so right so when he did go on or when we did speak with him um he said that's why he didn't want to do it because he felt like oh, there was a possibility. Oh, like maybe he knew. Yeah, I think he knew. I think he knew. And then right away he looked at me and he said, it's not going to change anything. We're still brothers, which, you know, I always felt in my heart. This is my brother. This is all I've known as, you know, the only soul brother that I've had. He was older, so he remembers a lot more of the volatile relationship that my mom and um, his dad had or my mom and my birth certificate dad mm-hmm. had because um my birth certificate dad was on drugs and he was uh an alcoholic also and he was in and out of prison and jail and so that just surprises me when my mom talks about it and and was in gangs and you know it just doesn't seem like a life that we would ever be surrounded by seems so distant it seems so, so distant, distant from the from life the, that i live the life that you live and the, the mother that you know now me. right doesn't... right i can't hmm. see her dealing with all of that drama and being okay with it and um but when i think about it i mean she was telling me from the beginning she met him when he was in jail and she went with one of her friends to go visit somebody and then she saw him and 
she remembered seeing him at a party and she thought he was cute and so I guess he started writing her and the rest is history you know but yeah, yeah I don't know what that archetype is but there is something there about is like the handsome the prisoner guy. yeah the, the bad, bad boy guy. prisoner yeah. and they're kind of good looking right I mean there's a whole subculture yeah. of those people yes. but but there is something to be said especially for young young women and knowing her now I think she's definitely the archetype of like I'm gonna save you you're an alcoholic. I'm going to change you. One of those women. She was just going to take him in. And yeah, and he was going to change and be a good guy and, you know, but still have that edge maybe about him, but... Just enough to stay sexy. <laughs> right. But not enough to be dangerous. Right. right. So um, I remember when we sat down with my brother and the way that my mom told the story was, do you remember when I was... This was before I was born. Um, I was really sick at the end of 1960 what was it 1969 she said I was in the hospital during Christmas and my brother's like already getting sad and crying and he goes I thought you were gonna die I thought I was gonna be you know like an orphan or whatever and then my mom said well I was really sick and then I got well and I went out and I started partying and new lease on life new lease on life and she told him you know she met a guy at a bar and right away he said so that's Greg's father he knew that it was gonna what the pathway was where we were going down, and she said, "Yeah." And um, she said she tried to go outside of like the regular bars she would go to, but um, but yeah, I guess they had this little fling, and then I believe she told him she was married, and when she got pregnant, and he said that he knew that the kid was his. And, um, and I guess at that time, maybe my birth certificate dad was, have, was in prison or jail and then got out. And then she said, I'm pregnant. And maybe he wasn't too bright or didn't do the math or who knows. I don't know. But they, everyone has pretty much contended that they think that he thinks that I was his kid all along. That there was no discrepancy. There was no. He wasn't imagining he wasn't, anything no, else. No, no. And the other guy. <laughs> and why would he? Right. You know, unless there was some kind of... Right. Sometimes there seems to be really obvious physical differences and things, but... Right. I guess she was a good actress. In sure. And as, as far as, you know, I've been faithful and nothing's happened while you've been gone and... And so often pregnancies can be um, such an exciting thing and for mm. a couple that is still trying to make it work and he's always in trouble and she's trying to save him, I can see them just sort of like focusing on... The fun of right. like, and we got Another pregnant. Kid. Yeah, right. like we're gonna do this. And I remember my mom saying that I was not planned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surprise, baby. <laughs> right. But when she told me, you know, like I said, she, I'm standing at the doorstep of my half sister, and she says, "I know I messed up." And I said, "You know, you didn't mess up. You didn't abort me." I said, "Had you aborted me, then I could say you messed up." But I'm here. I'm happy. I'm healthy, and we'll figure it out. Right. You know, we'll figure it out. Right. So you, okay, so so I'm gathering that you wish she had told you sooner. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there was an age for you that would have been the right age? There's no, I mean, and I'm just curious because that's become something yeah. that we've talked about almost in everyone, everyone I've talked to. I, I guess what I, what I was thinking was maybe she should have told me when I came back to move with her at 11, when I came back and lived with her at that point. Um... But even so, if she hadn't told me then, I think 18. 17 or 18 would have been great. Because what happened was, when I met my sister at the door, she told me 
dad had pictures of you. And I said, looked at my mom and I'm like, well, how would he get pictures of me? How would he know me? You know, how, how is this all possible? And she was kind of like a blank, like a blank stare. Like, I don't remember giving him pictures. I don't remember talking with him. And so my sister said, I'm going to go through his stuff and I'll text you later. So take pictures of the pictures and send them to you. So, right, because that's a timeline right, right there. So we went to dinner, my mom and I, and as I, right when we got to dinner, we sat down, and here come these text messages of my photos from when I was a baby until my high school graduation announcement. And it broke my heart again because I'm thinking this man could have gotten to my graduation. Um, and then in just uncovering... God, so the taste of this almost relationship, almost relationship. is just... Right there. And knowing he had stopped by the house numerous times throughout my existence and I either wasn't home. Like, how come I wasn't home? Where was I? You know, I just wish he had stopped me even on my own. I would have been open to receiving him. And that's what hurts. Right. That if he just pushed a little bit harder or approached me without anybody around me, that I would have, I would have been open because it was there in my my brain. Right. It's like all along that uncle was, was making those suggestions. Right. So I, if someone had come up to you with more of that story. I would have believed you him. You may have been open to it. I would have believed him. And I would have said, how can we find out? How can we be for sure that this is true? You know, and this is like maybe the 70s and 80s. So there wasn't really a lot of. I didn't hear about a lot of paternity tests. Right. They weren't then. easy. They certainly weren't e easy, right. easy exactly. like mail order DNA. Exactly. But sounds to me like it's more about the relationships and not, not so much the DNA. And you're, are you mad at your mom? <laughs> I don't want to say I'm mad at her. I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed. Yeah. I am. I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I feel like I thought we had a better relationship than that. You know, like my mom and I, I felt like we were really close. Like she was a, a friend and a mom. And when I was about 14, I came out to my mom and I told her that I thought I was gay. And she said, yeah, it's just a phase you're going through, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure. And then we didn't talk about it for a few years. And then I think when I was about 17, 18 years old, um, and I started dating and going out, my stepdad approached me and asked me. And I said, yeah, that I was gay. Just like I said. And 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 right. And, and he goes, I want you to tell your mom. And I said, I told her when I was about 14 or 15. And he goes, well, I want you to tell her again. And he said, I, I love you and I support you. And I don't want you to, you know, the whole thing. So it wasn't like it was some traumatic experience. It was more... Um, it was a loving experience, actually. I was very lucky. Very lucky. So for me to come out to my mom about certain things and tell her things about, you know, my love life and my sexuality, it just felt you like... You really bared your soul. Right. And I'm thinking, you're not doing the same. This is not reciprocal. But... And it puts her back on that whole, like, she's keeping secrets. And I felt betrayed. I felt betrayed and I was very hurt, very hurt. I think I still am <laughs> working through it all. 
it's um, only been a year. Right. It hasn't even been a year. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. May. Next, and next, we're not even next in month May. will be a year. So. Well, it sounds like you've got, you have this trauma and then on top of that, like a compounded grief. Right. Like no one would expect you to be a 100% functioning happy well, person a year I later. I wish you could tell that to my former boss because <laughs> she just thought, who did I hire? Like this kid was, I don't know, magical at first and now he's crying at his desk he doesn't you know he walks out of the office <laughs> he's calling out and you know plus I, when i went out to visit one of my cousins in arizona um a few months ago i mentioned to his wife that what was going on about this whole dna thing and she said that she saw something on tv and so i immediately searched for it and it was a support group and i joined the support group and i started reading all of the stories and I was just blown away that all these people are going through the same thing so many that I'm people. going through. And it's like those damn kits are so cheap now. And, you know, they're selling them two for one. And and it changes people's lives. You just don't know. And I think even though I thought it's a possibility, I didn't really think it all through. But if I had a chance to go back and do it all again, yeah, I would still do it. Would I do it in 2013? No, I probably would have gone you know, a lot earlier, as soon as I first heard about it, I would have taken it more seriously. Yeah. Wow. Had you known? I mean, I feel like that could be the name of the podcast is like, had, had I you, known, right. had you known, had right. we known, you know, could we, what the would other, we do differently? The other sad part is that <clears throat> my sister, when I met her at, at her door, she said, dad and I did 23andMe. And I thought, oh my gosh. People talk to me about 23andMe, and I only did the Ancestry you DNA. Did, you're so close. I went to the wrong store, you know? So This is like the American Tale movie. Right. So if you're if you're not in the 23andMe. is right there. Right, right. But I actually went and bought the 23andMe the next day. I ordered it and got the results, and there he was. There he was, number one on my list. And she was number two. So there was no no doubting it. It's not BS like my brother wants to, you know, contend. Does he still sort of say it's BS or he? He knows that it's true, but I think he, I don't know if he feels like it changed things or. Or if all it did was deliver heartbreak, what's the point anyway? Right, and that's right. what's BS, yeah. But my brother actually put my mom on the line and held her a little bit more accountable than I did because I couldn't yell at her. I couldn't argue with her. And I just thought, my mom's already 75 years old. I don't know how much time we're going to have left. If I die tomorrow or if she, you know, anything could happen in this world. I'd want to be happy. I want to have a good relationship with her for whatever time we have left. I don't want to spend time yelling or being pissed off about it. It is what it is, and now I can work from this point. But my brother told her, you were never going to tell us, were you? You were going to take it to the grave. And my mom said, yeah. So I'm just grateful that my brother did it, that I did it, and that I know. Because had she passed away and then I found out, then I probably would have had Even a lot of problems with her. Questions. Yeah, yeah, I would have been pissed. Wow, what a story. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for anybody that is new to this situation? I would say 
join the the online group because it is beneficial hearing other people's stories and you find out that your reality is not i mean i hate to say this but you read some of the stories and you think, wow, this person really has it bad. That one's really bad. Yeah, my situation <laughs> is always, always somebody with a worse story. But I hate to say that because, you know, there's always going to be somebody with that worse story. But where families have totally shunned people on where they don't want to deal with them anymore. The mother doesn't, you know, people just cut people out of their lives because of this. And, you know, and I'm not one of those stories. If anything, the sadness, like I said, would be just that I didn't get to meet my dad. Um, but... You know, it really depends on the person. If you're able to handle all of this, um, I think our co, the founder of the group says there should be a warning label. You know that this could change your life for good, and you may find out some things that you're not ready for. Right. This could totally destroy your family. Right. So if you're willing to go through all of this, and you know your mom may never talk to you again, and you're you know some of these people reach out to their bio fathers, and it's like. The bio father might be kind of interested, but maybe he's married and she wants nothing. The wife has wants nothing to do with you. Or the bio father wants nothing to do with you. And I could No, maybe those warnings should be very detailed. Right. <laughs> it should be yeah, like these are all the all the things that could happen. Right. These are the side effects. So um and I I have to think about like my situation where I don't know how my father would have reacted if I came knocking on his door. My sister says he would have been open. And she says, and he would have taken you in. He would have op- opened with open arms, you know? So I take solace in that. I find comfort in that. And um, that he would have loved me unconditionally is what it sounds like. So so I just want to stay there with that. And right, that's the best we can all hope for. Best, yeah. So, um, and that's where it is. But I just think that you got to think it completely through how it's going to not only affect you, but everyone else around you. And if you're willing to still go the limit, then go for it. I wish we could have a warning like that and then (laughs) take a survey of how many people read it and continue to go through with it. Because I think people still think, well, that's not me. Right. It's not my family. Right. Um, And some of those worst case scenarios, I mean, there are so many variations of stories like, Maybe the mother was raped or, you know, maybe it was incest. And that was my biggest thing, that I was so afraid that it was going to be something really dark. And I thought, what if she was raped? What if she was, you know, it was a product, I'm a product of incest or some when, other situation that... When the man contacted me about uh, about my situation, mm-hmm. that was where my, I, my mind just went to dark. Like yeah. I didn't know what it meant but I was so afraid he was going to have really dark information and he didn't but but to I mean he (laughs) yet devastating information in a lot of ways but not as dark as I had imagined yeah so I really relate to that um to the way that your mind opens up to ideas that you never thought Mm -hmm. about you just never ever fathomed yeah just like with my genetics because I didn't really know uh and then my sister says oh well you know we have uh, Lebanese blood, and so to find out that my dad's dad was from uh, Lebanon, and so that was just really mind blowing. And then doing my research and finding out his dad was from Saudi Arabia, and so it's just kind of crazy. I never expected any of that to be that close in my you know linkage of my family. 
like maybe way, way back, like centuries or something with Spain or something like that. But this is like just, you know, two generations right. ago where they were in another country. And so much traveling. Right. In your, in your roots. Right. Right. On all, on all sides. Yeah. So I'm just in awe of all of that. Um, yeah. Wow. What a story. I'm so grateful you came in today. Thanks. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. I don't need, like, time and time again, I'm just stunned at the yeah. end of these. They're just, I don't, I don't know what to say. So I guess we'll just say goodbye. <laughs> We're done. But uh, I'll turn, I'll turn the mic off. But um, yeah, wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for being so vulnerable. Thank you. With me. It was really awesome. I think people really need to hear that. Guys, I think this podcast is going to be so fun. I really love talking about this with people and finding out where we relate in our stories and where we found things to be different. This time, I really felt touched by by this man's story about wishing that he'd had a father in the time that he was missing a father figure. Um, for me, I don't relate to that. Um, not that I don't understand it. It totally makes sense to me. But I have a father. I have a dad that raised me and raised my siblings and he was incredibly present and loving and doing the best that he could. And I, so I don't have that, that longing feeling. Um, I'm very curious about the man that's my biological father, but it doesn't feel like a longing for something. I don't, I didn't come to the situation already in a place of feeling like I was missing something. So that's been an interesting perspective for me to witness um, with these stories. And we'll just see what uh, I find in the next one. If you have a DNA story that you want to share, you can email me, eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com. That's eve, E-V-E, at everythingsrelativepodcast.com. Everything's Relative Podcast is produced by Eve Sturgis and Kaylin Egan. It is edited by Julia Butte, and theme song is by Goodbye the Band. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.